0: Good morning church. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Good. Yeah, this is uh, it's been an exciting series that we've gone to or gone through. Uh, Kurt's done just a masterful job of sharing God's word with us and what James is trying to relate to the church and uh, get us back on track of being Christian. Um, as I was young, I remember saying that like my mom would say, I don't I never got an instruction book for you or <laughs> When we're born, we don't come with instructions, and we don't know what to do through life, and we need an instruction book. Well, the Bible is that instruction book, and I think James gives a really good practical way for us to stay steadfast in our Christian walk. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Um, It's kind of funny to me that God would choose me to talk about wisdom. Uh, I look at myself more as a uh, sophomore, when it comes to wisdom, some of you may know what that means. The, the word sophomore actually means wise fool. And so I think that uh, I have some wisdom, but I'm still foolish enough to keep screwing up. So that's, that's me. I'll keep, I keep messing up. And, and to explain better, uh, more of what a wise fool is or uh, earthly wisdom and foolish things, I, I have a video Of a commercial that really reminds me of someone that is a fool. And then you'll notice the second guy becomes a wise fool. So enjoy enjoy this short little video. It's about 50 (laughs) seconds long. This is not a good idea. Oh, no, it's fine. He did track in middle school. Which urgent care do you want to try this time? Oh, this one's only a mile away. Ooh, and it's in network. (laughs) Yeah, going to be awesome. I thought you were gonna land in the pool. So close. It's not always easy to control your enthusiasm, but with United Healthcare, it's easy to find quick care options and compare costs. Yep, that's my husband. He just needed more speed. I'm on it. Thank you. There goes mine. Go for it. United Healthcare. I, I absolutely love this commercial because this is something that me and my buddies would stand around and go, yeah, this is a good idea, right? So it's completely foolish to think that that's a good idea. But then the, the second guy, he got a little knowledge. He needed more speed. That was it, right? That's all he needs is a little more speed. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. Well, that to me is a wise fool. That's kind of what I, I look at myself as. I'm still going to mess up. I'm still going to do things. My wife has my doctor on speed dial still. Uh, I, I mess up. But this is kind of, kind of where we're going with this is there's wisdom out there. There's earthly wisdom. There's foolish things that we go through that are, that are mild. And then, of course, there's things that are much, much greater. Uh, Kurt talked about last week about taming our tongues, and, and our tongues is what feeds a lot of the wisdom that we have in our world today. People talk and talk and talk and talk, and I don't think anybody does worldly or earthly wisdom better than teenagers. I, I just, I don't. I find it really humorous that there's lingo out there that we've all gone through. We've all witnessed and been a part of the in words The words that were used in a time period. Uh, A big one that's still used today is the word like. You hear teenage girls and some boys now, like. Every other word is like. Oh, so we had to do this today, and like, it was so fun, but like, we're going to go over there, like, and it's going to be totally great, like, I don't know, but it's going to be good, like. You know what I mean? So, but when I was a kid, those were the valley girls is what we called them, and they took it really far. I mean, it was... Amazing, um, but that word got used, and it's still used today. And it and it sounds very uneducated. It's 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 foolish wisdom that these kids are given. And actually, how many of you guys remember words? John, do you do you remember any words? Sally, any words? That, what was the word for cool when you were in high school? Do you remember? Swell. Swell, swell's a good one. Any anybody from their high school days? You remember a word that was for cool? Neat, neato, and groovy. groovy. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, see, and so for, for when I was a kid, it's, that was rad. It's like, that's all we could come up with in my generation is, yet yeah, gnarly, right? So it's like, what is that? What does that even mean? And, and then nowadays, the word swag was used quite a bit. Swag, oh, that's swag. It's like, okay, and then now they're changing the meanings of words now, it's like when I was a kid, this word meant something totally different. But now the kids will go, that's lit. That word, or, you know, it's like, wait, what did you just say? And they're like, yeah, that's, that's lit. What does that mean? Because when I was a kid, that means you was on drugs. You know, <laughs> that didn't mean cool. Okay, that meant you were, you were on something. You, you were lit. You know, it's like you have problems. So it's important to understand the lingo But it's earthly wisdom and and things that we were given, you know, and and we're going to talk more about that. We'll use words that they used. But really, what's really important is to understand what's being said in our Bibles. If you go back 2000 years ago, there's words in here that were used and we have to understand what the meaning was in context at that time period. And it's really important for us to know that. I'm sure if Jesus walked up to some of our kids today and they were like, and i like totally like, it was lit, bruh. You know, they'd be, he, he would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? But that's, they're following, they're following their earthly friends. They're following into that earthly wisdom. And so what we're trying to tap into is the wisdom that James is giving us, saying we want the wisdom from above. And what happens is James actually breaks down uh this really well he breaks it down in two parts you have either heavenly or godly wisdom or you can have earthly wisdom which is the wisdom from satan you can have that wisdom if you want you you pick and so he basically i look at it as there's two different doors we get to choose of how many of you would choose door number one which is earthly wisdom if you have a choice would you choose door number one or door number two raise your hand door number one how many of you would choose door number one none of you oh you did that she's an elder's wife, and she just chose door number one. (laughs) At least you're honest. Appreciate your honesty. So, okay, so door number two is heavenly wisdom, godly wisdom. How many of you would choose door number two? Fantastic. Okay, some of you didn't raise your hand. You must still be on the fence, okay, and that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll get it worked out, hopefully by the end of this sermon, but Since you're choosing door number two, I really want to look at, are you really choosing door number two? How many of you have struggled in your marriages because you put yourself first? How many of you decided that you needed a new car when you really didn't need a new car? Like me, I really want a new car, but we decided we're going to go ahead and spend this money anyway. We don't really need anything. How many of you get jealous of other people? How many of you... uh, fight addictions how many of you guys do all of these things okay you raise your hand for door number two but yet you really have chosen door number one and it's really easy as humans to fall into that trap God says we all fall short of the glory of God we're all sinners every single one of us he came and died on the cross for a reason so but what we do is we fall into door number one so easily and James talks about that. And I want to encourage you guys to get your Bibles out. We're in James 3, and we're going to talk about uh, verses 13 through 18. And I'm going to go ahead and read these. Uh, we're going to go through it, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. Everybody there? Okay, good. <laughs> it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of, his wiz- of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in every piece by those who make peace. So this is, it's just really an amazing thing. And there's a lot of things that are going on in this tiny little section of chapter three. So I want to break it down in in a couple different ways. And we're going to start with, Uh, motives. So there's godly motives. And if we start at the very beginning, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? James is testing you. He's asking you a question. He was asking the Christians of that time a question. You know, who is wise among you? Think about that. Think about that question for yourself. You know, who is wise in this room? In this room, which of you think that you are wise? I can actually point to a couple people and go, Wow, you guys are really, really smart. You guys are wise. You're, you're, you're better Christian than I am. Um, to me, I would say that you are wise. But in God's eyes, you still fall short. And we should still continuously ask for that wisdom. But the next part is where I want to break it down. There's godly motives here. It says, by his good conduct. Okay, so our conduct. What is our conduct? What does it look like every single day when we're out and about? What's our conduct like? What's our conduct like in our homes with our wives? How do we treat our wives, our spouse, our children? How do we treat the people around us? What are we like while we're driving? What are we like when we're in the grocery stores or at work? What is our conduct when we're alone? It all matters. And that's what, that's what God is saying here. I will help you with your conduct. And then in your works, in the meekness of wisdom. Okay, so there's meek. And I love this because it says in Matthew 5, too, blessed are the meek. And in the New Living Translation, it says the gentle. Okay, so there's different, there's different meanings for meekness. Humble. Are you humble? Are you gentle with people? Does it reflect your conduct? in everything that you do? So God says this is the motives that comes from Him. But of course, when we get into verse 14, it says, but if you have bitter jealousy. These are the motives from Satan now. Bitter jealousy. Are you jealous of what people have? Do you want someone else's house? Do you want their paycheck and their job? Do you want what they're wearing do you want to be able to go out to eat just as much as they do? Do you want their spouse? Spouses are off limits, but it happens. Do you want their vacations? I do sometimes. It's jealousy. And these things add up. The next one. So you got jealousy. Selfish ambition. This one is huge, you guys. This is, I think as Americans, we really fall short here we're selfish. It's all about me. They have commercials. That's my money and I want it now. I mean, come on. How, how much more selfish does it get than that? What's happening even in our marriages, look at the breakdown of marriage today. It's these two people that have become one and they're slowly being separated and garbage is building up in between them and they're just gnarling at each other over and over and over to where the separation gets further and further apart, and they've forgotten completely about lifting up the betterment of the other one, showing that agape love that, that Christ shows us. We forget, and what happens is we become so selfish and self-centered that the one that we love the most on the face of this earth has become so distant from us because we've only cared about ourselves. We don't care about what they think. We don't care about what they're doing. It's about me. How come I don't get this anymore? And, and, it, and it's causing separation in our marriages. We see business partners that have been together for 10, 15, 20 years, battling it out in the courts just as the marriages are. Companies are splitting over a few bucks. I should get more money. I should get more money. And they're split selfish ambition. That's why people get flipped off when you get cut off in, in, in the roads because where they're getting to go and they want to go and get there faster than you, that's more important than where you got to go. I'm walking out of Walmart the other night or the other day. Don't tell anybody I was in Walmart. I don't like that store. So I'm walking out of Walmart and I'm walking with my wife and I'm walking fairly slow. I, I take my time. I don't walk fast. I, I drive fast, but I walk slow. And this guy and his, his wife is behind me, and he runs into me and runs over my ankle. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I look back, and I just, are you kidding me? But I'm like, okay, Kurt just talked about just your tongue and respect. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just start walking. I'm like blubbering stuff to my wife. I'm just like, I'm so mad right now. And it hurt. But the, I look back, when I look back, the guy's like, I got to go. You know, and he's pushing his cart, and he's got a little baby sitting in the car seat on the cart. And I got to get out of here. And his wife's with him, and, and he's being nasty to her. And I'm thinking, he only saw him. That's selfish ambition. And, it, and it's, it's worldly. It's the earthly wisdom that I need to care about me. If we keep going, and, and we go, next is, uh, Don't boast. This, I was extremely, oh, what's the word, prideful. I used to, I used to play golf a little bit. I was, I was all right at it. I wasn't bad. It is the best sport on the planet, I know. But I, I was pretty good at it, you know. And because I thought I was pretty good at it, I talked a lot of garbage. I would show up to the golf course, go in, what's the course record? Throw down my PGA card. What's your course record? How much? You know, just running my mouth. Who here, who here plays for money? I want to play for money. I'm not going on your course unless there's someone here that wants to play me. And I'm talking. And that's usually when I played my worst. You know, you lose all your money and just, I deserved it. And that's being boastful. You know, it'd be like me hopping off. I'm so good at preaching. God, You know? <laughs> Everybody loves it, you know, they all really like my sermon, you know, right? It's like, who cares? You know, at one, of, one of my favorite golfers of all time, he was the most humble guy, I, I got to meet him, and he's, he's an amazing man, Arnold Palmer. Some of you may know him, some of you may not. Um, he, he just died this past year, he was, he's quite old, uh, really old, like John, and so... <laughs> But he had said something that still sticks with me today. He said it many, many years ago. He said, if you're good at something, don't tell people about it. Show them. And to me, that kind of sums up faith works with James. Don't just tell people you're the light of Jesus. Be the light of Jesus. Don't talk about how great of a Christian you are. Be Christ-like. And that's exactly what they're saying. Don't boast. Quit boasting about it. No one cares how great you are. And don't be false to the truth. Don't be deceitful. That's the last one. Deceit is so bad now. People have to put on the mask before they leave home. People go out and they be someone else that they're really not. And they're willing to do whatever it takes to get them their selfish ambition, across. There's people that take Jesus and they make Jesus fit their agenda so when they go out that they can be good even though what they're doing is wrong. They'll they'll flatter you. They'll flatter you so you come on their team. They'll gossip about someone else and then tell you how bad they're, they're doing at something so you will agree and come on their side. But then what will happen is they'll go over here and tell someone else and they'll nail you. It's deceit. It's false truth. It happens. It happens in our church. All over the world. It happens all the time in his church. There's people in our churches doing this very thing right now. It's, it's frowned upon, but it happens. As we keep reading, it says, this is not... The wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, okay? So this is what happens is, so we have the worldly motives. Then we have these uh, characteristics, okay? We become earthly. We become just like everybody else. We blend right in. We fall into the trap. When I think of earthly, I think of uh, a word. It's an acronym that the kids used over the last several years, YOLO. Okay, you only live once. Okay, that's kind of been the motto. And it's actually kind of been the motto over the last 60 years, that free love movement that went on. I can do whatever it is I want. It's a free world and I'm going to do it. And that's kind of the motto of YOLO. You only live once. When you think about that, you only live once. So do whatever it is you're going to do before you die because you're going to die. But what people don't understand is, yeah, you only live once. You got one chance to get this right. You got one chance to find Jesus and get it right. So, yeah, YOLO, you better get on board, right? But that's earthly. That's why so many, so many people and all, all of our kids, they fall under. It is hard to talk to some of our kids because, like, it's really annoying when, like, they keep going, like, and they can't spit it out. They sound uneducated even though they have straight A's in school. I don't understand it. I'm trying to go back to my high school years, but I didn't go to school very often, so I didn't I didn't know the lingo. But so that was my mess up. There, I just, it wasn't the lingo; it was, I wasn't there. So I'm trying to explain that we we fall too easy into the entrapment of the world is good and earthly, and what happens is the next is the next characteristic is it's unspiritual what we end up doing is we want stuff we want only what we can see and what we can touch the prayers stop we stop thinking about miracles and what god can actually do for us we kind of move him aside yeah i'm an an atheist I, i i don't believe in that i'm gonna go get mine i'm gonna go get it myself and i want that i have more money now than anybody whoop de doo you're still going to die. Yellow. Right? You become unspiritual. And the next one scares me the most is we become demonic. And when I say demonic, we are becoming like Satan. This is exactly who Satan is. This is why Satan was kicked out of heaven. He was selfish. He wanted to be the guy on top. He wanted to do it. He wanted all the credit. He was selfish. He was extremely selfish. And what's happening is in this world with all these demonic things, think about what's happening every single day. I, I get on Facebook every day and I share at least three times three missing children, three different missing children every single day. They pop up, missing child, missing child, missing child. Usually leads to sex trafficking of children. Who does that? Who? Ah, That's demonic. To be willing to take the life of a child. Willing to do anything. That's what's happening. And this is where it goes. It's for the jealousy and selfish ambition. And it's going to lead to disorder in your life. Look at our world now. It's in chaos. Full disorder. This is the result of living worldly. This is the result of living earthly. It's full disorder and chaos. If you're living earthly at home, tell me, what's your home life like? Is it in disorder? Is it in chaos? Think about that. I know sometimes... I get so busy, and I get so wrapped up in my own little bubble, my car ends up looking like a trash can. I hate it. I have to clean it out. can't handle it. But that's just a small little fraction of what happens when we get wrapped up in our own little bubble. We just we get too busy. We get too busy to know what else is going on around us. And that's just a small little token of what happens. Think about your, 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 your life with your, your spouse think about your life with your children and everything that's going on around you is is it chaotic are you are you quick to anger instead of slow to listen and slow to speak are you quick to anger does things set you off if things are setting you off you probably have some uncontrolled disorder going on in your life and that's what's happening And then every vile practice. I was just talking about sex trafficking. There's addiction. Think about addiction. There are people out there willing to do anything to get a fix. That's another one of those lingo words. They'll do anything. They will steal your child and sell them to get some coke, some heroin. They'll do anything it takes. They'll rob a store for a few bucks or some beer and shoot the guy behind the counter for a 12-pack because they need a fix. Every vile action, everything that you can process through your mind, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's because of we're focused on the earth and what we want and what we want to do. We get entrapped like Satan, and we become Satan. That's why it says we need to be more like Christ. We have to seek Christ every single day to become more and more and more like Christ. Every day, because that happens. I'm going to divorce my wife. I'm so sick and tired of her telling me what to do. I'm tired of telling me to mow the grass, fix fix the toilet, it's making a noise, you know, no, you can't have a new truck. I really want a new truck. You can't have that. Forget it. I'm getting a divorce. I'm not, I'm not taking it anymore. I, I want what I want. And you're not going to, no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm an adult. I don't care if we're supposed to be one. I don't want to be one with you. All you want is what you want. That's what happens. That's exactly what's happening. So when you think of vile practice, it can be little things, even a lie. Just a little lie. Those permeate. They explode eventually. That's what happens. That's building garbage in between relationships and problems. Those are vile practices. James is warning against that. But. It says, but. I love that. The wisdom from above is first. These are the characteristics of God now. It's first pure, okay? Think about that, pure. What does pure mean? 100%. If you have gold or silver, we talked about that a little while ago, it's pure. It has to be pure gold, pure silver. Think about like going to the store and you have a choice up on the shelf and there's juice, like there's juice up there. And one says 50% juice. You're like, what? (laughs) I'm buying water. 75% juice pretty hard to find one that says a hundred percent juice but god is giving us a hundred percent juice every single time he's giving us a hundred percent purity in his wisdom every single time the next one is peaceable i love this everything is in perfect harmony perfect harmony when it comes from god gentle how many of you are brash, harsh? God is gentle. He gives you a new heart. He will help you through those moments of just explosion. He'll teach you how to be gentle with other people. I like this next one. It's open to reason. This made me think that if someone's open to reason like God is, it's what James said back in uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 19, Is slow to speak, Quick to listen, slow to anger. Someone's teachable. Full of mercy and good fruits. How many of you are merciful to other people that did you wrong? It was really hard. I admit it, I really wanted to turn around and knock that guy out that ran me over and hurt my, my ankle. That hurt. I mean, I was mad. But I gave, them, I gave mercy. And what happens is there's times in our lives where people will expect a, a negative reaction from you, and when you don't give it, good fruit will produce. They might ask you why you didn't react. And if you have a chance to explain that I, I love Christ, he's more important to me than a negative reaction to you, and I want to show his love to you. We produce good fruits. It's plural. It's plural. When we show that same mercy that God gives us on a daily basis, we will produce good fruits as well. We must show mercy. We cannot be impartial. The next one's impartial. Everybody has value. Every person in the world has value. Every one of us has a gift given that we can use to further the kingdom. And God sees the value in every single person, even if they haven't given their life to Him yet. Because He came and died for them now, for what we went through now, while sinning. He died while we were sinning. And He sees our value, and He wants us in heaven too. And He's a patient God. He is a jealous God, but He's a patient God, and He's waiting for you to come to Him. He's waiting. And He's sincere. Nothing hidden. He means what he says. Have you ever heard that expression? Mean what you say. Do what it is you say. That's Jesus. He means every word he says. Our God means it. He means it. And he wants you to know that. And the outcome from all of this, we get an outcome from this, and it's, it's harvest harvest of righteousness. Think about that. We become more righteous. As we draw closer to Christ, we become righteous. And it's a harvest. I mean, think about a harvest. Think about a corn crop. There's a lot of them around here. Corn crops, it's just multitudes. Multitudes. He will give you that. You may think that you have nothing and you live in a little shack and your car broke down and everything. If you got Jesus, you got it all. Because this life is short. You only live once. And He brings peace. Peace in your home. Peace in your life. Peace around others. He gives us that perfect harmony and He gives us peace. When we take the wisdom straight from God's mouth and His hands, He gives us peace. No more anxiety. No more stress. We're fully surrendered. I don't know about you guys, but my favorite thing since I became a Christian is the anxiety has slowly drifted away. The anxiety in my life, He has taken it. He shares that burden with me. And He gets me through it. So, with all of this in mind, how do we... Get his wisdom. If you remember, it says in uh, the, the first chapter that we're to pray for it. But you have to know God. You have to know who Jesus is. To receive his wisdom, you have to get to know him. And I'm not saying know who he is. I'm saying fill yourself with him. Know who he is. Understand who he is. Hit your knees and ask, know him. Ask for that wisdom. When you get to know him and you hit your knees, you start praying without doubt, knowing he's strong enough to do it, knowing he's strong enough to change your life. That's knowing him. That's what we're supposed to do. While doing that, the next thing is seek his instruction. Seek His instruction. You get to know Him, and as you hit your knees, you're asking for that wisdom. What do I do next? What step do I take in my Christian walk next? What do I do to help serve in the church? Is there a ministry out there for me? Do I need to join Celebrate Recovery God? I can't do this addiction fighting on my own. What do I need to go do? My marriage is in shambles. I don't know what to do. Do we seek help? Do I ask her for for my forgiveness? Do I walk away? What answers do you want? Ask. Ask him. If you ask, you'll receive. Ask for it. That's all he wants. He wants you to seek him. He already knows what you need. He knows. He's your father. He knows everything. It's kind of like your mom. She has eyes in the back of her head. He does too. But he's waiting for you to come to him so he can give you truth. And lastly, we have to continue to act accordingly. Our conduct must represent Christ. The one thing that can hinder our prayers more than anything is to live in constant sin. If you're praying to get out of that sin, that's repentance. Okay, You're asking to be removed from that. But if you can knowingly continue to sin and living in that, and you continue to be harsh, you're committing adultery on your wife, but yet you're still asking for prayer and, and, and guidance, it's hindered. You must act accordingly. I want to encourage you guys to act accordingly. I want to encourage you to seek Christ every day, every morning before you go as you go through your day continually seeking Christ. He'll give you the wisdom that you need. And He will fill you with all of His characteristics instead of the world's characteristics. Because the world's going to beat at your door every single day and every single moment. Let's pray. Lord God, I, I thank You so much. I thank You that You are so much bigger than I am. You know what's best for me. You came and died for me knowing that I needed it, that I'm not good enough. And you gave me a way that I can hit my knees and ask you for your guidance and your instruction and your wisdom. I thank you for your gentleness and your mercy towards me and everyone here. Lord, and I just pray as, as we go this week that you would just bless the hearts and the minds of this church to draw nearer to you to not be afraid to ask what the next steps are to move forward in their walk I thank you Lord Amen